British media have been making a meal out of Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's diet. He fasts between 5pm Sunday and 5am Tuesday. He's allowed water, tea and black coffee for those 36 hours, said to be good for inflammation. NPR in America, National Public Radio, has run some interesting research into keto diets. We've talked about them before. Many people have considered them as a way to lose weight. Sometimes they are recommended for epileptics. It would be safe to say they are not generally recommended by nutritionists. But what if they had benefit for other brain-related conditions? In ketogenic diets, as you probably know, you reduce your consumption of carbs so as to force the body to alter its metabolism. It starts burning fat molecules rather than carbohydrates for energy. Uh, The keto diet, it is said, can cause low blood pressure, kidney stones, give you bad breath and increase your risk of heart disease. But at the same time, the ketone bodies produced as a result of the diet, when they end up in the gut, may be doing something very useful for people with specific medical conditions like multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis and ulcerative, ulcerative colitis and maybe more. Journalist Will Stone lives in Seattle. His writing has a health and medicine focus. Hello, Will. Thank you for joining us. Hey there. Thanks for having me. What got you interested in keto that prompted this considerable amount of research, Will? Well, I think by now keto is a bit of a household name, right? Uh, It's gained popularity uh, as a diet, and definitely some people view it as a fad diet. Uh, And, you know, you hear a lot about keto for weight loss, maybe for diabetes. Um, the, the idea that it may actually have application in mental health was intriguing to me. And I did know enough about its origin, uh, the fact that the diet was actually developed 100 years ago to treat epilepsy, to just have my interest peaked, thinking, okay, we know it has some powerful effects on the brain. So it's probably not totally unrealistic to think about how this may actually you know, have some use in, in mental mental health. Yeah, indeed. We can't hope to cover uh, your case examples in this chat to any extent, and what you've written is uh, easily accessible online. But for example, you discovered a researcher in Scotland, Ian Campbell, who's lived with bipolar disorder since he was young, and a ketogenic diet profoundly improved his mental health, although he didn't even realise he had put himself on a keto diet. He was just trying to lose weight. And he recently shared details at a health summit in Florida. You met Ian, and he had a wonderful moment while sitting on a bus, I was reading. That's right. Uh, Ian really uh, has a remarkable story about a how uh, the patient can become the scientist. Uh, he had about eight years ago... Uh, was living in Scotland, had been dealing with symptoms from bipolar disorder, and he distinctly remembers the moment he had been on this uh, diet, which, as you mentioned, wasn't even a keto diet. It was a keto because it was low-carb, but he didn't really realize what it was doing. And he was looking out the window of the bus, and suddenly he felt kind of happy and kind of peaceful. And he said it was just such a distinctive moment because – He hadn't felt that way since he was young. He could not remember the last time he felt that kind of peace. And that made him start to wonder what's going on here, you know, what's changed. And uh, later that kind of took him down the rabbit hole uh, and he started to put the pieces together, realizing that maybe it was this low-carb diet that had put him into ketosis. 
And from there, he went on to get a Ph.D. uh, in mental health. And now he's one of the researchers uh, leading this field. Yes. And we'll get back to what he's found as well in Campbell. Uh, And he wanted to help others, as you're implying. But he he was also aware of the wackiness, if you like, and what he was doing, because proper clinical trials seemed hard to do. But a psychiatrist at the same time, more or less, I think, a psychiatrist at the Harvard Medical School was also embarking on this difficult sort of quest. That's right. So Chris Palmer has probably become one of the most high-profile figures now in this uh, keto for mental health movement. And, you know, around 2016, he had this revelation where two of his patients who had schizoaffective disorder, serious cases, uh, had remarkable improvements in their psychotic symptoms uh, after trying the ketogenic diet. He eventually linked up with Ian Campbell and two of them became part of this movement uh, of researchers looking into into this work. And a big time philanthropist got in touch with Ian Campbell, ready to pay for his bipolar study, and which, again, I'll get back to. But you also write that this has snowballed lots of studies and trials now. That's right. So the philanthropist, uh, it's a family called the Bazookis. Uh, David Bazuki is a wealthy tech entrepreneur from Silicon Valley. It just so happens that his Son, uh, Matt Bazuki had dealt with bipolar disorder for much of his life, had tried dozens of treatments, uh, and his mother thought the ketogenic diet might be worth a try. So a few years ago, they, you know, they put him on it and had really dramatic changes in, in, his, in his symptoms and his quality of life. So the Bazookis started a nonprofit. They're, they're now funding quite a few of these clinical trials, but not all of them. And when you look at What's going on out there, the main conditions that are being explored right now have to do with uh, schizophrenia, uh, major depression, and bipolar bipolar disorder. But there are other trials out there for um, actually eating disorders, uh, substance, you know, sub, uh, sub addiction like alcoholism and uh, PTSD. So I think uh, we're just going to see more, uh, more trials uh, in the future as people become more interested in this. That's so interesting. I agree. Will Stone is with us. Will, there are caveats around this of the don't try this at home variety, but the fact is that people are trying it at home and the consensus seems to be a kind of shrug from scientists as in, you know, if you must do it, don't do it for too long. This is the difficulty with keto because among perhaps startling upsides are the obvious nutritional downsides. But you make the point that results may accrue from less Spartan versions of the diet, yeah? That's right. So the classic ketogenic diet uh, entailed getting uh, literally like 90% of your calories from fat. Um, That is what was developed, you know, to treat pediatric epilepsy. But now there are a bunch of versions out there and it's not nearly as kind of fat. It's still a fat-centric diet, uh, but you may have maybe 60% or 70% uh, fat, and then there's more room for protein. So, you know, we don't have great data on how effective those those modified versions are for mental health because we don't have great data on this, on, you know, mental health in general in keto. But I have heard anecdotally from clinicians and patients that they were on not as 
strict keto diets, and they were still noticing improvements just by dialing down their carbohydrates quite a bit. And you quote a Stanford University scientist who says keto isn't a fad diet, it's a medical intervention. And actually, as a Johns Hopkins neurologist remarks to you, if it's a general standard of care for epilepsy, there wouldn't seem to be a reason why supervised interventions for for these other illnesses shouldn't become respectable if they work, especially as there's an overlap, isn't there, with epileptic seizures and some other conditions? That's right. I I think that this is the challenge right now because keto has certainly entered the mainstream and uh, some people do perceive it as a fad diet and obviously some people are just trying it to lose weight. That said, the clinicians are really concerned, I think, that it's just viewed in in that light and they want to make sure uh, it's taken seriously because – we do have quite a bit of evidence around the effects it has you know, on your brain, and it, it's power, it can be powerful. Um, and, and so I think they're trying to strike the right balance now. People have heard of keto, and so in some ways it's more accessible, but I think it's, a, it's also a challenge for the researchers in this field because they worry that it's viewed as more of a fad than a, a real serious medical undertaking. One thing and I'm scooting over some of the detail in what you have written, but you say there's also a well-documented association between a variety of psychiatric conditions and metabolic problems like high blood sugar and insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, obesity, as you said, and hypertension. And I don't want to be fanciful here, and I'm not qualified to be really, but it seems possible that for some people, keto may be a kind of therapeutic reboot for their health, for some reason, I mean, their bodies are out of kilter, perhaps metabolically in an energy-related way, even before they develop symptoms, I was reading. And it just seems to be potentially useful, even perhaps in short bursts. That's right. There's actually quite a bit of science here uh, going back decades in psychiatry where they have found uh, problems, uh, metabolic issues in the brain and elsewhere in the body even in people with psychiatric illness before they've started on the medications. Now, clearly, the medications can have side effects like weight gain, but that really doesn't explain this strong association. I mean, it's pretty powerful. I think, uh, you know, at least uh, with some serious mental illnesses, uh, people die on average 15 to 20 years earlier, mostly from premature cardiovascular death. So, you know, the first issue is that Anything that can improve health, right, uh, in this population is going to be valuable. And there are there are growing number of, of scientists who believe there's a very strong link here and that if you actually resolve some of the metabolic problems, insulin resistance, uh, obesity, hypertension, you may actually start to make progress on the psychiatric symptoms. And I'll just mention one kind of intriguing study I found. It's not the keto diet. But it was a study where the rigorous uh, trial, they gave a diabetes drug called metformin that helped reverse insulin resistance in people who had had basically treatment-resistant bipolar disorder for many years. And they found that when they were able to reverse insulin resistance, they actually dramatically improved symptoms. So that is actually pretty strong evidence that there is a link here. And so the idea is maybe you do that with a diet. Um, and the diet does other things than just work on deal with insulin resistance. But it's, it's an example. 
other things like a harmful build-up of free radicals? Because this is the $64,000 question, Will, and you ask it yourself. How exactly could a diet that stops seizures also exert powerful effects on tough-to-treat psychiatric illnesses? That's right. And to be frank, you know, no one knows. Uh, they still don't know why exactly the diet stops seizures, which is kind of remarkable considering it's been around for a long time. They have lots of uh, theories around this. And uh, I actually spoke to a, a researcher at, at the University of Maryland who is doing a ketogenic diet trial for patients hospitalized with schizophrenia. So this is going to be very tightly controlled. And uh, she thinks it has to do maybe with the gut, you know, the changes in the bacteria there. Uh, you know, obviously we know about this gut-brain connection. Uh, that could be at play. But I just want to say one key mechanism that folks are interested in is uh, mitochondria. And these are the powerhouses of the cell. There's a lot of interest in how problems with the mitochondria, mitochondrial dysfunction, uh, can actually may underlie and connect with a number of these other kind of patterns we're seeing in in people with psychiatric illness, like increased inflammation, like oxidative stress. And so the hope is that by providing an alternative source of fuel, which is the which are the ketones in this case, um, an alternative to glucose, you may actually bypass some of the problems with the mitochondria and then, you know, have all these beneficial effects. Gee, we don't just don't know yet who this diet will work for across the whole board of problems that you've been outlining, and it's, um, no one's claiming it'll be a cure-all intervention, but um, intervention. Getting back, though, to Ian Campbell's small pilot study at Edinburgh University, Will, what has he found? So the first goal of this study was basically to show that this was feasible and safe so that he can do a more rigorous uh, randomised controlled trial, and they, they did show that, and they actually showed that patients just metabolically were healthier after they went on the diet. They also found that about a third of the patients responded very powerfully. Um, and these are people with bipolar disorder. Uh, they had Im general improvements in their symptoms. They also did brain imaging, and they were able to see certain responses in the brain that are indicative of kind of the effects it's having and that you might see with medications. So uh, it was it's very intriguing. You know, there was no control group, so you have to kind of caveat all of this, but it is definitely enough, uh, and I heard this from researchers who weren't in directly involved in this work, um, they said there's a strong enough signal here. It's intriguing, and it's worth, it's worth pursuing. And so, you know, Ian Campbell will be one of the people who will have data probably, you know, in a couple of years, uh, giving us an answer as to how well this really works. Will Stone is talking to us about the ketogenic diet. A recent study you say from Toulouse in France is the largest to look at hospitalised patients with severe mental illness. They couldn't all hack the diet, but the results from that? Yeah, the results were also pretty encouraging. So these were people with serious mental illness and, uh, you know, it included about 30 people, uh, all had some improvements in their symptoms and uh, just about 40% achieved a, this category called clinical remission. Um, and it's kind of hard to, you know, to sum that up, but it, yeah, they did a lot better. Uh, and this was an observational study. There was no control group, but these patients were 
um, had been hospitalized in a, in the same hospital or similar hospital before under the same care of the same doctor. Uh, the difference this time seemed to be the diet, and so I think it's it's pretty compelling evidence, uh, and will you know has laid the groundwork for these other studies to go forward. And similarly at Stanford, they found much the same thing. The, That's right. The keto diet uh, for a woman named Laurie Katz improved her bipolar disorder, chronic pain, binge eating and unwanted weight gain. She says to you, the diet was like a tailwind, just blowing me into a better future. Gee, that must feel wonderful for somebody like that, like Ian Campbell on the bus. It was remarkable. Lori happened to have be a vegan at the time she started this diet. So it was uh, an adjustment for her. Uh, and actually, there are vegan versions of keto diet, uh, which we don't have to get into. But uh, for her, it, it meant, you know, starting to eat some bacon. And um, she she found that she lost a lot of weight. Uh, she hadn't had really any serious romantic partner for many years. Suddenly she had a partner. She had more energy just to do things. And, you know, she was candid that it's not always super easy for her to follow this diet. Uh, she still wants sugar sometimes. Sometimes she slips up on it. Uh, but on the whole, it has really made meaningful improvements uh, in her life. I meant to mention earlier when you were talking about the gut, we talked to the author of a study run out of the University of California, San Francisco, Dr. Peter Turnbull, who's Professor of Microbiology and Immunology in the medical school there. And he agreed that low-carb, high-fat keto diets have a dramatic impact on the microbes in the gut, inflammation lowered, weight lost, heart health improved in mice and in humans. The ketone bodies, the molecular byproduct of the diet, as it were, suppress inflammation. But, well, it's not simple. I mean, ketone bodies also deal to bifidobacteria, the lactic acid bacteria found in yogurt and cheese, and they're probiotic. So a ketogenic diet is doing people good down there maybe, but also harm. That's the strange dichotomy here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the science is totally settled on this. I, I did not hear that kind of concern from the researchers I spoke to, um, but I think you know, this is a real medical intervention. And the folks who work with patients are pretty honest. They say you have to weigh the medical condition of the patient at the time versus the intervention, right? If the person is struggling with obesity and high blood sugar and, and all kinds of problems, uh, the diet, even though it may have some downsides, may actually, you know, the upsides outweigh that, right? And so I think that that's where it gets tricky here. Um, but, uh, I mean, fascinating to hear about that research. Yeah, and we should acknowledge the trickiness, which you do. So maybe a highish protein diet with fewer carbs, perhaps for a while after talking to your doctor, and we've heard it claimed this can help longevity. Uh, this sort of diet may be the ticket to warding, may be the ticket to warding off also, some serious autoimmune illnesses I've been reading or it's been claimed. You get ketosis without going the whole hog. That's the way this is moving. This is the way the, right. orth the orthodoxy, if you like, is moving. That's right. That's right. It has been studied, uh, you know, for years now, uh, its potential at least for Alzheimer's, uh, for Parkinson's, MS, uh, a number of other of these kind of neurodegenerative conditions. And the results haven't been kind of, there have been no big, revolutionary results here, although there has been promise in some smaller trials. So I think the jury's still out 
on a lot of this. And it will be interesting to see uh, whether mental health actually kind of rises to the top, so to speak. And although there is opposition still um, quite widespread for Paleolithic and very low carb, very low carb diets in terms of their nutrition, um, you know they aren't advocated by a lot of um, health authorities. There is perhaps a Goldilocks zone under medical supervision rather than someone going the whole hog. Excuse the pun. Um, at home, you know that that is also the future probably. That's right, and there are. You know, like I said, different versions of the diet. I mean, the key to the ketogenic diet is you have to have enough fat uh, somehow involved uh, to, to get into that keto, you know, ketosis state. And um, if you're, for example, uh, a lean person who doesn't have a lot of fat in your body, you have to really make sure you're getting enough fat um, because your body doesn't have anywhere to draw that from. So I think there's a, sometimes a perception that it's a very high-protein diet. It's, it's modest protein. Um, and actually, like I said, the classic one had very little protein, which was actually a concern, especially for children. Um, so it's still being tweaked and modified. Um, and I know that the scientists who are working in this space, uh, like Dominique D'Agostino, who's uh, you know, a, a, a big figure in, in the keto world uh, told me he thinks there's lots of opportunity for kind of personalizing this diet um, in the future. And that future is so interesting, the prospects for it. Will, thank you very much for giving us your time to talk about this as well. Oh, it was my pleasure.